This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Friday, May 6th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Kelly. With the U.S. Senate still at work on an agreement on biotech labeling, a major food company is rushing ahead with research on possible labeling language that could serve as an alternative to the wording required by a Vermont law. The Campbell Soup Company is testing as many as 9 to 10 different labeling combinations with consumers to see which one would satisfy their needs while also conveying the safety of the technology. Company officials say they plan to share its research with other companies with a goal of having a label to propose to the federal government should Congress preempt the Vermont law and mandate development of new language. The company's chief lobbyist, Kelly Johnston, tells AgriPulse that if Congress fails to agree on a preemption bill, they may ask Vermont to adopt the language. Campbell broke ranks with the rest of the food industry in January and announced that it was going to voluntarily label biotech products. For the time being, the labels use the language required by Vermont, partially produced with genetic engineering. But company officials say there are a number of problems with that language. One is that consumers prefer the term GMO. Another is a lack of information about biotechnology. One of the labeling versions that Campbell Soup is testing says this, partially made with GMOs. GMOs are ingredients derived from genetically engineered crops. The FDA considers genetically engineered crops as safe. Steve Armstrong, chief food law counsel for Campbell, briefly outlined the company's plan to a conference of industry attorneys yesterday. Armstrong said, no matter what happens in Congress or other states, we're going to label for GMOs, and I would argue we're going to come up with the best GMO label out there. His company also will be studying consumer reaction to the Vermont labeling to gauge whether there is resistance to the products. As the food industry lobbies for a GMO preemption bill, officials also continue to prepare for the Vermont law taking effect in July. One glimmer of good news is that the state's legislature is moving legislation that would prevent private rights of action against companies until next year. That according to Karen Moore, general counsel for the Grocery Manufacturers Association. Under the law, consumers are allowed to file complaints over products they think are mislabeled. CRP expansion raises cost and industry concerns. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack has added his voice to calls to expand the Conservation Reserve Program. But the idea is certain to get pushback from grain traders, and it also raises the issue how to pay for it. The 2014 Farm Bill cut the cap for CRP from 32 million to 24 million acres to help fund other programs. Ariel Weingard of the Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership said sportsmen's groups are likely to call for a significant increase in CRP in the 2018 Farm Bill. But the National Grain and Feed Association, whose member companies worry about the impact of idling land on commodity prices, said in a statement to AgriPulse that the CRP cap should not be adjusted in response to market prices or fluctuations in landowner demand. The program should instead be focused on demonstrable environmental benefits while still allowing U.S. agriculture to continue to grow and compete. One way to address the cost of expanding the CRP is a shift from the temporary set-aside approach to longer-term easements, according to Fred Hofner, Policy Director for the National Sustainable Agriculture Coalition. Over time, that would reduce the cost of the program to the taxpayer while increasing the environmental value of the program for soil, water, wildlife, and climate improvements, according to Hofner. 
USDA will enroll about 800,000 acres in the program this year. About 23.8 million acres currently enrolled. 1.7 million acres are contracts that expire this year. The FAO says food prices are trending up. Global prices for key food commodities have risen for the third month in a row after four years of decline. That according to the UN Food and Agriculture Organization. FAO's food price index rose seven-tenths percent in April, largely because of a 4.1 percent increase in the average price for vegetable oils. Palm oil prices surging because of forecasts for low production this year. Grain prices rose 1.5% in April because of strengthening prices for corn. Meat prices rose 8 tenths percent because of growing U.S. demand for Australian beef, according to the FAO. Even with the recent increases, food prices are still down 10% below the level of a year ago and more than one-third below the highs of 2011. Biodiesel industry leader stepping down. Joe Job is stepping down as CEO of the National Biodiesel Board after 17 years. Job started with the NBB in 1997 and took over the top job two years later. During his tenure there, industry production has grown from 200,000 gallons to a projected 2 billion gallons this year. Here's today's She Said It. Many of the foods that we really emphasize and we encourage Americans to consume for the prevention of chronic diseases are high-risk foods from a food safety point of view. That's Susan Main, director of the FDA Center for Food Safety and Applied Nutrition, on the importance of the new produce safety rule to nutrition. That is Daybreak for this Friday, May 6th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by McLeod, Watkinson & Miller, America's most experienced law firm in agricultural and derivatives law, and by the United Soybean Board. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Alley.